Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, look, we're going to talk about strengths today. And boom, the reason boom, why boom. we're going to talk about strengths is because we are here with Alyssa Dare Nelson. Alyssa is going to talk to us about strengths. You may have seen her on TV. You may have read her blog. You may have been coached by her, or you may have just stumbled onto this and you're about to have a great time hearing our conversation. So yeah. Alyssa, I'm looking forward to this. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to launch, let's say. Okay, very good. You know, right after you said that, I thought if you were to pick one word to describe how you feel about the conversation we're about to have, what word might that be? Actually, the word that comes to mind is explosive. Explosive. Yeah. I like that. Who's ready to explode? If you're listening, if you're watching right now, if you're ready to explode, don't take that the wrong way. (laughs) Brains exploding. Brains exploding. Businesses exploding. (laughs) Results exploding. Outcomes exploding, your muscles will explode, your bladder will explode, (laughs) your bank account will explode. (laughs) The team's over here just waiting to hear what's going to happen next. Um, (laughs) I think people need a little explosiveness in their lives today. Alyssa, I'm looking forward to this. Alyssa is an expert in connecting people with their strengths. I believe we live in a day and a time where people really need to become aware of the power of their strengths. It's a big deal. There's a ton of evidence in the last 20 years that has proven out that when we connect to our strengths, we become better, smarter, faster, sexier, healthier, wealthier, happier, more peaceful, and anything else you want to add. So Alyssa, super pumped to have you here. This is going to be awesome. How do you feel? I feel really excited. This is going to be great. And this is my favorite topic. I'm already like heating up and getting all sweaty because this stuff just excites me so much. (laughs) I like that. You know, I've never sweat during a podcast episode, but now that you've said that, I'm looking forward to the first time I can work up a sweat on a podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's so here's what's funny. It's I'm perpetually cold. Like my entire family makes fun of me because I'm always cold. But the second uh, that I get on a client session or a podcast interview, whether I'm on the host end or on the guest end, and I know that this is the stuff that I get to talk about, I always just like I'm boiling hot and I just can't because <laughs> it's so exciting. This stuff, it really does geek me out. Well, so let's talk about this. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do, why you're passionate about it, why does it matter? Yeah, well, you know, so often the message that we are sent to put out in the world is the one that we need to hear the most, right? And I I spent the first 30 years of my life perpetually asking the question about what's wrong with me. And, uh, you know, if something didn't go right, like, oh, crap, what's wrong with me? Or something, you know, I failed at something. Well, it couldn't be the path I took. It must be me, right? So when I found the Finder profile, 
And uh, the strengths finder is all about what's right with you. So instead of asking the question, what's wrong with me? Instead, it completely flips the script and says, hey, what's right with me? And uh, it very quickly became just my jam. I love it. I study this stuff. And you know, my background is actually in healthcare. So I had two four-year degrees um, and both in healthcare. And so I love the evidence base. Like that is super, super important to me. You know, it's a kind of a prove it to me. I'm, I take a pragmatic approach to most everything, right? And so the StrengthsFinder profile went through 40 years of research before they ever even published the profile. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me because it didn't feel so woo-woo. It felt like I could really trust the results. So that was also super important to me. I want to dive into and pick apart what you're talking about and how people can tap into their strengths and why that matters. But the evidence is massive. I saw this like a week ago. I was preparing for a presentation and I needed to verify some study that I quote all the time. And I thought, oh, I got to go find the source. And I was on one of the strengths assessment websites and it had a list of like, it was literally dozens and dozens and dozens of studies. And some of those studies were actually aggregating hundreds of studies that have been done on what happens when we connect to our strengths. So in that spirit, before we get into this and give people some ideas they can use, are there any statistics or data points that might be of most interest to somebody to convince them to reschedule the meeting that they have in 20 minutes to keep listening to our conversation. Yeah, yeah. so here's what's interesting. When you start to even recognize your strengths, there is a 7% increase in your own productivity. Like just by knowing what they are, like forget cultivating and growing them just by knowing. Now, 7% isn't like blow your mind out of this world, but if you can increase your productivity by 7% in 30 minutes, Like that's not bad, right? Mm -hmm. Now, over time, as we look at teams and things like that, we're talking revenue um, and profit increases by like two thirds is what a lot of these studies will show. I don't have all the specific numbers in front of me, um, but it's massive. It's massive. The ROI you get when you focus on your strengths. And the reason for that is that when we're focusing on the things that are wrong with us, our weaknesses, and we're putting all of our energy there, it's like we're digging this giant hole in the ground to get down to fix these things instead of just going, oh, the flower's right on the surface. I can pick that and now I have a beautiful bouquet, right? So if we put our energy into things that are going to suck us dry, all of our weaknesses, well, no wonder we're not having the productivity nor the joy that we're looking for versus the things that we're already really great at. Let someone else do those things that don't come naturally to us. This is one of the, what I think one of the most common fallacies is in our, in our culture, right? Is that everyone says we're supposed to be well-rounded. Like that is like through and through what our culture tells us. We're supposed mm. to be well-rounded. We're supposed to be independent. And so... The problem is human beings were meant to be in community. Like there are species out there that, you know, live on their own, right? (laughs) And they don't live in tribes or they don't live in, you know, groups and that kind of thing. But human beings are not one of those species. So the reason that that is, is because we can't do it all ourselves. And I think from, you know, a very spiritual standpoint, that's why we don't have all of these strengths in equality. Because if I did, John, I wouldn't need you. (laughs) And you wouldn't need me. And we wouldn't need anybody else. But that's not the case. So now we get to honor each other by going, hey, this is what you bring. And it's 
brilliant and I love it. And guess what? Here's what I get to bring. And so I'm great too. And I'd love to collaborate with you, right? And now we have this beautiful synergy that is like no other and that we could not ever have on our own. So I love about your own story, Alyssa, that you said earlier, the messages we send out are sometimes the ones that we need to hear the most. That's something that I have started to recognize and realize in my own world, the things that I've become good at and my own strengths that I've developed, I'm realizing are often solutions to problems I've had for a long Mm -hmm. time. So I thought that's just a cool comment. What's a good place for someone to start? If someone was listening to this conversation and maybe they are aware of their strengths, maybe they're not, but what's a good starting point for someone to get maybe more clarity, more awareness around what their strengths are? And how do you even define strengths? Like there's so many ways to look at that. Yeah. So first I'd like to define strengths because I think this is key. So many people think that their skills are their strengths. Mm -hmm. So we can become skilled at really most everything if we put our minds to it, right? But our strengths are how we go about doing things. So naturally, there's going to be some things, some skills that we're drawn to because of our strengths, but they're two very different things. And so knowing that, you know, data collection, right, might be something you're really good at in organizing data. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's one of your strengths. Now, it could be related to one of your strengths, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, right? So as you're looking at, and this is, let's just say you're not going to take the strengths finder profile. Fine. (laughs) right? I would recommend it. It's super great and easy and to do it. But even if you haven't taken it yet and you're starting to try to figure out where are my strengths, where do they lie? Look for the places that you gain energy from, right? We've all had that post-lunch lull where we maybe ate too much much at lunch and now we just feel like we want to take a nap and something happens and all of a sudden you're like wide awake and you're ready to go right? Like Mm -hmm. that, what is that thing that gives you that kind of energy that excites you and that helps you just kind of get up and move, right? Mm -hmm. And also, what are the things that when you contribute that other people are like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Can you bring more of that? Right? So it's the things that give us energy and it's the things that give others energy from our behavior. Wow. That's so cool. I've never heard that definition before. And I love that. I kind of love it because I got to just sit here and think about what are the things that give me energy. And that's really cool. And what gives others energy? I like that a lot. All right, cool. All right. So if we think about that, what else? What's next? What's the next step I should take? So let's say I answer that question. Hey, I get energy from this or when I see that I contribute this or I go take, and if someone's going to take the assessment, where should they go take that? Can you give um, me a URL so for that? I'm not an affiliate, but you can go to daretosucceed.com forward slash profile and it redirects to the Gallup website. The Gallup website is actually a little bit confusing. So D-A-I-R-E, the number two, succeed.com forward slash profile and it redirects you to the site. Um, Perfect. So don't go to strengthsfinder.com. It's a little bit harder to get through <laughs> through to it yeah. that way. And 15 bucks, actually, no, I take it back. They just raised the price, but it's still absolutely worth it. It's 20 bucks, 30 minutes, and you'll have your profile right there. That's okay? awesome. So that's where they can take it. Do make sure that when you take it, that you have 30 minutes undisturbed because all the questions are timed. And maybe we can kind of get into what the profile looks like and how to take it in a little bit there. But just a little tip on that. And then what was your second question? Oh, what do they do next, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next thing after you're really focusing on all the things that really give you energy and excite you and make you just smile, just really fulfill you, just give you that feeling of like, ah, 
yeah, that, right? I want you to then take a look at what frustrates you, what stops you in your tracks, and note those things. Because hmm. those are probably areas of non-strength. Now, not necessarily. There's all sorts of other things, you know, limiting beliefs and some of those other things that get involved there, right? But, you know, the stuff that you're just like, oh, like, look at a data sheet. Like, that is the last thing on the face of the planet that I want to do. Can't someone just tell me what the results of this, you know, thing mm-hmm. mean, right? So what is it that sucks energy out of you? Mm-hmm. Um, those are typically areas of non-strength. So you've got these two lists now. And now it's really pretty simple. Do more of what gives you energy mm-hmm. and what gives others energy and find other people who do get energy out of the things that suck energy out of you. Yeah, yeah. I've got to make sure I don't confuse these words when I'm explaining this to somebody else because I'm seeing myself talking about this person sucks this person out of you. I, it just didn't sound right. Right, right. <laughs> very true. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually looking at my notes. Like if you're watching the live stream, I was writing down the sentences and I, in a dyslexic way, I wrote it in a way that was ended up being inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. So, <laughs> so sorry about that. Normally this is a family show, everybody. But um, okay, so I love what you just shared. First of all, it's simple. And I think sometimes... We human beings overcomplicate things. And I think there can be something profound about how simple this point is of, hey, what gives you energy or when you're giving energy to others? That's a great distinction, right? Find ways to do more of that and less of what doesn't. Can you speak more to that? Like, Because I'm imagining if someone's listening and they're thinking, okay, I like where this is going. I like the idea of more of what gives me energy and less of what doesn't. And then I could see people maybe, you know, now wondering, well, what's the first step I do to do this? Because can I ever get to a point where I'm only using my strengths or do I still have to work with these areas that aren't my strengths? What are the thoughts that someone might be having right now or or that you've experienced when you're coaching people through this? Or maybe some of the obstacles they run into that you could help them through to figure out how to implement this? Yeah. So I work primarily with sole entrepreneurs. So this comes up a lot. They're like, well, that's fantastic, but I am just me. So now what? Like, yeah, great advice, but you know, I don't have an assistant and I don't have an employee and I don't have a business partner. So now what? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and the answers for everybody is just a little bit different, right? Depending on what their strengths actually are. But part of that solution is, okay, so if you need support with X, Y, or Z, there are, I mean, how many software programs out there for just about everything, right? Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, you're often sent to solve the problem or to send the message in the world that you were meant to to learn yourself. So there's people out there that are like you and that have created softwares to solve that issue, right? So when you figure out the things that really take all the energy out of you or, you know, kind of grab the oxygen out of the room, right? You just feel like, Mm -hmm. find a solution to that in a software program. And maybe it is going to cost some money and that's okay, right? Because think about that investment, what it's going to pay you in return when you can go over here and you can put yourself into stuff that does give you energy. Mm -hmm. Typically, those things that do give you energy, well, monetize them, folks. (laughs) Like, Go make money doing what gives you a ton of energy. And then it's no big deal to have, you know, a $99 expense for X, Y, or Z, you know, software program. Yeah, yeah. So that's one solution. The other thing is collaboration. It's people. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you might not have a business partner, but you got a friend. Right. And you bring to the friendship something that they don't have and they bring to the friendship something you don't have. So you can collaborate together with another person to get to that solution. The whole key is, you know, honor in yourself what you are, who you are, how you're wired. And then you can externalize. So internalize and then externalize. You can then see in other people oh, wow, you're really great at this. And now rather than being jealous of that thing, now you can just appreciate it and say, hey, why don't you bring that on over here? Because I could use a little bit of that. Yeah, this reminds me here in our business, what I've really enjoyed about having Trent and Laura on our team is one, they provide different types of competencies. And one interesting example for me of where Laura resolves a gap of mine is, and you're talking about, you know, for someone who is a solo entrepreneur solving Mm -hmm. problems with technology. Well, for me, one of my challenges is, and I don't know if the right way of framing this is talking about my introverted nature, but what takes a lot of energy from me is social settings. Just takes a lot of energy away. It doesn't mean I can't do it and I can't enjoy it. It's just when I'm at an event, and the, so here's what makes this a little bit crazy is I'm usually running the event. And so people go, how do you do that when you're introverted? Well, it's different when you're facilitating hundreds of people where I kind of have a job to do and I'm moving through a process. Whereas when I'm not on stage, you know, I actually get really drained in mm-hmm. social settings. I'd rather be like hiding in the back corner, reading a book or outside throwing a Frisbee or something. And so it's so fun having Laura at these events because she's great socially. She loves to talk with people. So it's almost to the point now where I could just send her out and she's representing our firm and I can disappear and it's almost just as good. In the end, I think they'd rather talk to her anyways because she's enjoying it and I can enjoy it, but it gives her energy where it doesn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about your strengths for a minute? Can we put you on the spot? Happy to. Okay. Why not? Okay. So your top five strengths are maximizer, learner, relater, intellection, and connectedness. And everyone's like, yeah, great. Those are big old words, right? A lot of Um, syllables. Yeah. Super lot, especially intellection, which isn't actually a word. I'm pretty sure it's a made up word, but in any case. So what you said was, hey, you know, being out in public settings actually sucks energy out of me. And what I'd rather be doing is I'd rather be sitting in the back of the room, reading a book and thinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you said thinking, but that goes without saying. So to pull out where some of these strengths thrive is intellection is a high level, deep thinking strength. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's philosophical and it needs, it actually physically needs time and space to just think. Mm -hmm. People with high intellection typically are introverts. That's where they thrive is just give me some space to think right? Mm -hmm. Learner is all about the process of learning. So it totally makes sense that while you don't want to be out in this big social setting, facilitating a workshop totally Mm -hmm. gets you jazzed, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're helping people with the process of learning. So something Mm -hmm. in that, even though you're out on a stage, is giving you energy and allowing you to use to contribute to other people by helping them to facilitate that learning process, right? Mm -hmm. And also why you love reading books, (laughs) right? And relater is a strength that is a relationship building strength, how you build strengths with one another. 
But what it loves to do is connect with someone and then go deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. I have one called Woo in my top five, which stands for winning others over. And I, like Laura, I love going into a room full of people and I'll talk to as many people as I possibly can. A stranger is just somebody I haven't met yet. Like, yeah. and that gives me energy. I walk into a room full of strangers and I'm like, let's go. Where are all my new friends? Right. Yeah. Relator typically doesn't get jazzed that way. It would much rather find somebody that they can connect with and then go deep. Yeah. So all of what you said makes so much sense based on where your strengths are. And it doesn't mean, like you said, you can't get in front of people. You can't get on a stage, but that whole like mix and mingling, that's not going to be your jam. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'd be curious, do our strengths, can they change or evolve or shift? Can we consciously change them? Or is it the kind of thing where we should just continually try and get more clear on what we are good at, and maybe those things don't change a whole lot. Right. What, I what's love, your thought on that? I love that question because there's two things that people will typically say when you say, well, these are your strengths. So, you know, maximize those, cultivate those, don't worry about the rest. Some people will hear that as a cop-out, right? Like, okay, so just because my strengths aren't here, I'm just going to you know, be a jerk, right? No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Like, so just because your strengths are here doesn't give you an excuse to sort of quit on all the rest. That said, as you cultivate those things more and more, the rest of the weaknesses don't matter as much. Now, can they change over time? To some degree. And there's some discussion about unconscious bias, right? So if you take the strengths profile and then a year later, you take it again, you have an unconscious bias that causes you to shift some of your answers. Mm-hmm. And so what they say, and again, I'm not a researcher and you know all of that stuff. So, so bear with me. But what they say is that the first test is the most accurate. Oh, wow. So have you taken it more than once, John? I don't know if I have. Okay. I, I have those results that we shared earlier, but yeah. I, I don't think yes. I've taken it more than once. So yeah. a lot of people do take it more than once. And what happens usually is one or two, maybe three of them fall out of the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lean into our top 10 to 15 strengths on a fairly regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if you think about what is in our front view, what are our easy buttons, that's like one through seven. Right. And so those are the ones that are in our front view, super easy. This is what we're totally great at. However, eight through 15 are like right here in the periphery. Right. And you guys can't see my fingers, but I can see my fingers moving in the periphery. And at any moment, I can grab my number seven or my number nine and I can pull it in here. Right. Mm, So if we retake the test, what happens is depending on our stage and, you know, lot in life at that time, what might happen is that you're pulling in number nine right? And so that it lands in your top five. So that can happen too, but typically your top 10 or 12 don't actually shift. Mm. So I'd be curious to know, do you have an opinion on, is it important to figure out how to get clarity on not our strengths, but our weaknesses? What role does that play? Like, is there a place for getting clear on what our weaknesses are? Or is there some way to do that? Or does it even matter? Right. So there are lots of different philosophies out there. I will give you mine. I think Mm -hmm. there is incredible value there. A, so you can stop beating yourself up over it and you can just give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not how I'm wired. Number 34 of 34 for me is a strength called consistency. 
which Mm. consistency is all about fairness, right? So it treats every single person the same way. Um, And also it's consistency of schedule, right? So very often these people have a very solid routine on a day-to-day basis. My miracle morning changes every morning. (laughs) You know, and sometimes I brush my teeth first. Sometimes I floss my teeth first. Like there's just not, it's just not how I thrive. And forever and ever, I beat myself up over why can't I just be consistent? If I could just do my miracle morning the way I'm supposed to, then I could da-da-da-da-da, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, knowing and learning that my number 34 was consistency was like, oh, I can let that go now. And now I can use the strengths I do have to get to my perfect miracle morning. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe some days I'm going to do my reading first and then I'm going to do my meditation. And sometimes I might do my visualization and then I might do this. And you know, sometimes I might totally forget my visualization, right? And I can give myself a lot more grace on that. Also, what you can do when you do know what your weaknesses are is rather than trying to fill those gaps yourselves, you can seek out those things in other people. So that's Mm. where I see value in knowing what your weaknesses are. I think there is a lot of value in having your full strengths profile. Again, not so you can beat yourself up further because we're already really good at that. But Mm -hmm. it's so that we can seek out people who can actually fill in those gaps for us. Yeah. I once heard somebody say, he was a mentor of mine for a period of time. And he, he taught me a lot about the concept of humility. And one of the things he said to me is he said, you know, everybody thinks that humility is about knowing your weaknesses. And he used to always say that humility is actually about knowing your strengths so that you know when you're not playing in your strengths. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was an interesting perspective. I was also just reminded just now when you were talking, Alyssa, about the value of knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, of how big of a role this plays in partnerships partnerships of all types. And I'm thinking about some of my business partnerships and how I've had times where I partnered with people who had similar strengths that I did, but we also had similar weaknesses in that. And when I look back, I realize, wow, that really disabled us from optimizing what we created. And then when I look at partnerships that I have today, fortunately, there's three different ones, depending on how I slice it up. All of them, it's so clear where I have a specific strength that complements one of their strengths. And in some cases, like the work that I do with Hal, like he and I, in some ways, we are dramatically different. And the interesting thing is it's in those ways that we actually make the most magic happen. So it's really cool to see how this concept plays out in how people choose to align with others. I'd love if any of your thoughts you have on the importance of that or any suggestions on how to be thoughtful and how we choose to partner or collaborate with others, I've just seen personally it be a difference maker when it's done right. And that's just it when it's done right. And the value of having it in black and white is that it takes emotion out of it. Mm. Right. So um, I just sat down with a married couple last weekend and they had both of their entire profiles and I put them on a grid so they could kind of see where they match up and where they didn't. And where I pointed them out to each other was where one of them had a strength down at like 27 and the other one, it was in like their top five. 
Right. And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I understand. Like, I hated this thing about them. Like, I didn't understand why they couldn't get what I was saying. And I'm like, yeah. And now you can honor it in such a different way because what's below what's in their last our bottom 15, 20 strengths, those are really our blind spot. Like, it's just not how we see the world. And that's just not how we're wired. Mm-hmm. And with someone else is, we're going to look at them and like, what? I don't get it. It's just not how I think, you know, and I love the interaction between you and Hal too, because you guys are very different and, you know, you can see your intellection and your learner come up when you're like, let's think about how this next move would go. And, you know, you're thinking and you're philosophizing and you're processing and then you laugh and you're like, and Hal's texting somebody already. And like, it's already in action. Yeah, right? yeah, he's done so, executing and I'm just getting my voice warmed up for a three hour conversation about it. And he's all done making it happen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, and, and the beauty in that is that you guys can be that balance for one another. And it's beautiful yeah. when it works that way. And it's when it's honored and respected. Where it goes all awry is when you're just like, dude, like, no, we're not doing it that way because my way is the best. Yeah. Right. Instead of going, hey, so help me understand what you're thinking and how you're working and all of that. So when you have it all in black and white, now you can just point to it like, oh, Hal's activator is just like, it's on fire. It's going. And he might go, okay, well, you know, so JB's intellection is at work here. Maybe we can have some space for it. Now you have a different conversation asking for what you need. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. Hal, I need some time to process this. And his activator is like, all right, well, where's the deadline? Like, when can we get going on this? You're like, hey, give me 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so activator can now rest because it has a deadline and it knows that this isn't just going to be some open-ended something because that's really triggering to activator when there's just like no movement, but there's no like deadline to when we are going to get moving. So it changes the entire conversation, makes it immensely more respectful and honoring. And now you can collaborate and like people talk about synergy, right? In their businesses or in their marriages and all, and it's kind of a catchword, but that's where the synergy occurs mm-hmm. is when both people are allowed to and encouraged to bring both of their strengths to the table and they're not shut down or, you know, shut off or rejected. Yeah. You know, I like the way you're pointing out that when we realize our strengths and the strengths of others that we work with, that we can be more respectful. Because as soon as you say that, I'm realizing that. I have some partners I've worked with, not just Hal, but just other people I've collaborated with where if I'm not thinking of it in a healthy way, I just become judgmental. Like I just project, well, why can't they do it the way I'm doing it, right? And in doing that, I'm creating a judgment that is completely disempowering and really even unnecessary and really just misplaced because... The thing I'm judging them for, it's really, they have a strength. Sometimes I realize I'm even judging somebody for their strength. Right. Because it's not a strength of mine and everybody should be like me, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hal and I have had these conversations where I'll get upset at him. No, Hal, come on, we got to think about this. You can't just take action. And then he'll, in our relationship is one where we never really get upset. Like we try to, but he'll come right (laughs) back and he'll be like, yeah, if we did it your way, JB, I never would have sold a book and no one would be at our events. And then we fall on the ground laughing because we realize we're both right. And that if we did it his way, he'd keep selling books and run events. And But then when people right. show up, he wouldn't know what to do. Right. But if we did it my way, there'd be nobody at the events. And so yeah. you know, we've come to learn how to really respect each other's differences. And you just said it too, that talk about an important thing, not only to remember at work, yeah. but at home too. 
it reminds me of my kids too. Mm-hmm. I'm also learning. Let me ask you that. In your work around strengths, have you ever worked with anybody around helping them to develop strengths within their kids? Or is it something you've thought about? Yeah, it's so exciting. I love this stuff so much. So there is actually a version of the StrengthsFinder profile for children. It's called the Strengths Explorer, and it's geared for kids ages 10 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, that profile is not timed, and there's uh, less than half of the number of questions as for the Strengths Finder. And now this one, they give the names of these strengths as tendencies, right? Because kids' brains are not yeah. fully developed yet, yeah. but you can see the tendencies. And very often, even adults can look at their Strengths profile and go, Oh yeah, I saw that. I have memories of that behavior when I was five, right? Mm, So these things show up so early in life. And what's interesting, just as a short rabbit hole, is we develop our limiting beliefs, right? Most of our lifelong beliefs before the age of like five or six, right? Mm -hmm. Five, six, seven, something like that. And if all of these strengths are showing up there and we don't know how to control them at that time. We don't know how to cultivate them, how to actually give other people energy. We're just doing our thing, mm-hmm. right? So if a, a little kid has, you know, the strength of communication, which is all about storytelling and it's often very flowery and it's often very mm-hmm. verbal and that child gets reprimanded. Like, would you just shut your mouth? Stop talking. You talk too much. Da, 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 on and on. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. internalize that that's a bad piece of them. Mm. Right? And so wow. now, now they think, oh, well, if I talk, it's bad. When it's actually one of their gifts. And so now we can fast forward and recognize where some of our limiting beliefs are and how we have to reframe some of those things because... It was sort of set as a kid. So there's huge value in taking a strengths approach to parenting. In fact, there is a strengths-based parenting book out there. I did not write it. It's incredible. Definitely, you should get it. I'll get the link to it. But it's just called Strengths-Based Parenting. Mm -hmm. So I had my girls take this profile. One was eight, one was nine. But they both could read and they both could answer the questions. And so we have what their tendencies are and they're totally different. In fact, Mm -hmm. episode 49 of my podcast, Maximize Your Strengths, I actually had my girls on the podcast to talk about their strengths and how that's helped them communicate with us as parents and how it's helped us as parents understand the better angles to take with them and just understand who they are and how they're wired in a different way. My older daughter, Avery, she has a theme called competing. And again, they're framed as more adjectives than strengths at that point. So, and one of the most frustrating things was that she would start a game, right? Like a family game. It's supposed to be like a fun family night and everyone's having a great time. And people would get ahead of her, like the game of life or sorry or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And she would quit and she would walk away, Yeah. right? Because competing or competition loves to win. And in her mind, as soon as she couldn't win, then she was out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, you just described our oldest exactly. Yeah. So as we learned that, now we're like, hey, Avery, can you find another way to win in this scenario? Hmm. Right? And it also helped me as a parent go, oh, I understand. Like in her mind, I can't win here. Why would I put more energy there? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's allowed us to become much more effective parents and be able to honor and respect our children in a way that doesn't put them, like they're not our friends. (laughs) We're not friends here. We are their parents. And it's our job to raise great adults. But part of that is helping them to cherish who they are 
Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I wish I would have heard this podcast about eight years ago, which wouldn't have been possible, but you get what I mean, which is <laughs> uh, before we had our first of our three kids, I remember, and anyone who's had kids can relate to this, especially if you've had more than one child, because your first one, you have no idea what you're doing. You basically screw everything up and, yeah. <laughs> and you keep doing it, at least for me. I can, We kept screwing things up. But I remember with our first kid, Ace, he's seven now. And I remember, you know, just projecting onto him everything that I thought a human being should be, right? Like, well, he should be like me and he should like the things I like and have my strengths. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until we had Sierra where she was this completely different human being. And I was really bothered by her weaknesses so much so that I, even her strengths, I considered them weaknesses. Like she would draw everywhere in the house. And the problem is when you're four and you draw everywhere, it's really not enjoyable to look at what a three and four-year-old draws, <laughs> right? I mean, there's not a lot going on there. And my wife, Mara, who had the wisdom to see this, she's like, you realize that what Sierra is doing is expressing what might actually be like a form of intelligence or one of her strengths. And of course, as things would play out, once she learned how to actually put the colors together, keep them on a piece of paper, wherever she was supposed to do it, her art has become this incredible strength of hers. And now the way it's developing as she's now five is she has a sense of like fashion and design and this visual understanding of how things come together. And if it was up to me, I would have squashed all of that years ago. Right. Because I right. just thought she was a crazy kid drawing on the walls. Oh, this is such a perfect example, right? Because here's the thing is that our kids, we can't let them draw all over the walls. Like it ruins the walls. It's a lot of work, all of those things. But yeah. when you recognize that same thing as a potential strength, and I'm wondering if Mara has developer, which is like, it sees all the potential in people and wants to grow that. Um, yeah, that's, right? that's her. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you you see that, and but you still have to cultivate it, right? So you can mm -hmm. see that talent. And that is really what the strengths finder is measuring is where's your talent? Now it's your job to cultivate it. Oh, wow. That's a good point. Right? So Sierra's got all this amazing talent with colors and whatever that was not quite cultivated. And then once you taught her, hey, sweetheart, this goes on a paper. And here, you can color all you want on this piece of paper inside these four walls here. That's great, mm -hmm. right? You're teaching her to cultivate that strength into something that now will give other people energy because what it was doing was it was sucking energy out of you. Why? Because you had to clean all the walls, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and while that is, you know, an expression of parenting, it's the same way if you have an employee. And I don't mean that in a condescending way, but when you see an employee or you see even a business partner doing something that is like... I think that might be going down the wrong path there. You can seek out the good in it and go, but I see this good thing in it. What if we gave that boundaries and let you fly there, right? Mm -hmm. So like we don't let our dogs out of the house and just like out the front door and just go run because they get hit by a car. But if you fence in your backyard, now they have the space to go play and have fun and get that energy out. So, you know, we don't want to cage your strengths, but you don't want to cultivate them to a point where they actually can have that freedom. So yeah. that structure provides that freedom. Yeah, this all reminds me of, uh, I just came across this little story in a book recently. 
I'm going to butcher it because I read it once and I've never told it. So I'm certainly going to reinvent this story, but who cares? They don't we'll get We'll get the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, you should interrupt me in the middle of it if you've heard this, because okay. it's really has everything to do with exactly what we're talking about right now, especially with kids. And it's a story about a guy who dies and goes to heaven. And when he gets to heaven, he asks God a question, something like, who was the greatest general, the greatest general that was ever born? And God they look down on earth and they look down into this cafe and he says, oh, that man right there working in the cafe is the greatest general that was ever born. And the guy says, that's not the greatest general that was ever born. I know that guy. He's just a server at this cafe. And God said, well, yeah, he just never discovered that he was meant to be a general. I remember when I read that thinking, gosh, I wonder if I was supposed to be something else that I never discovered, right? I mean, I feel good about having it where I am and figuring out my strengths. But it made me think just about people in general, about how many of us and how many people, and it's sad to say, go so far in life, maybe all the way to the end and never really get connected to their strengths. And that's why I feel like the work that you're doing and the whole strengths movement is a really important big deal. Yeah, well, and you can see how this fallacy of humility plays right into that, right? Because mm-hmm. what humility tells us is we're supposed to shrink away. We're not supposed to stand up and say, I am great at this because it's seen as arrogant and not confident, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens when we all shrink away is that all of the candles get dimmer, mm-hmm. right? And there's this saying, you know, just by letting your candle burn dimmer doesn't mean it's going to you know, make everyone else's burn bright or something like that. I don't know. I'm butchering that mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah, but imagine yeah. if we could give up, you were talking about judgment before, right? So when we think we're better than other people, we're going to judge them, mm-hmm. right? But like, yeah. oh, you don't think the way I do? Like I'm smarter, like I'm way better, right? We're going to judge them. Now, if we think that they're better than us, right? We're going to be jealous. So when we're comparing with other people, we have these two sides. It's either judgment or jealousy. Now, if we could replace that with curiosity, and we might not ever know what their strengths are or what their strengths profiles are or anything like that, it doesn't matter. If we can approach them with, I wonder what their strengths are. Now it allows us to shine brighter because we can shine as bright as we want. And it doesn't take away from anybody else shining just as bright because we're not worried about judgment. We're not worried about jealousy. We're just getting curious. Yeah, that's awesome. Alyssa, this has been great. This has been really great for me. I hope for our listeners. I would love to know where can people find you? I know we gave out a couple of resources, but just to make sure we send them to the right place. If they want to hear more from you about your work, where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love to give the Achieve Your Goals listenership my book for free. I just wrote a book called From Frustrated to Freaking Awesome, which is all about being able to stand up and say, I am freaking awesome and not apologize for it. And so if people go to my website, which is daretosucceed.com, it's D-A-I re the number dot com forward slash AYG, right? For the Achieve Your Goals podcast, mm-hmm. dare to succeed.com forward slash AYG. They can get my book for free, a digital copy of my book for free. And I would love to give that as a gift. And of course, dare to succeed.com is also where you can find me if you want to get in touch with me as well. Awesome. Well, that is generous. Thank you. And I forgot to mention earlier, you are one of our Quantum Leap Mastermind members. Yes, um, sir. And it has been so cool to be on a journey with you that is uh, always evolving and growing. This is yeah. so exciting. 
Yeah. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It's taking it from good to great and great to greater. And wherever someone is on their journey is the perfect place. Alyssa, thank you. We'll see you again. Talk to you really soon. Sounds great. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 